0: If real estate investing seems overwhelming or complicated to you, then this episode is going to absolutely shatter those feelings and break down this entire industry in very simple terms. Now, there's a quote that applies to almost everything, but especially real estate investing, and it's this, when you first start to study a field, it seems like you have to memorize a million things, and you don't. What you need to do is identify the three to five core principles that govern that field then the million things you thought you had to memorize are simply combinations of those core principles. So in today's episode, I'm going to go over the three big principles that govern real estate investing that you can use forever in your investing journey. Now, really quickly, before we get started, if you want to invest passively in commercial real estate opportunities, head to our show notes and schedule a call with us and make it onto our investors list. We have some crazy exciting opportunities coming up in Q4 of 2023 that you don't want to miss out on, and we can't send those deals to you until we get something on our calendar. It's an SEC requirement. So head to our show notes, get that scheduled, and let's have a chat. This is the Passive Real Estate Strategies Podcast, where our goal is to educate you about the ways to create passive wealth through real estate methods that do not require your time. I'm your host, Justin Moy, with Presidents Club Investors. Let's get right into the show. The first principle is to prioritize capital preservation. Now, you've likely heard this before, but it's much more difficult to recover from a loss than it is to go a few deals in a row with just minor gains. If you invest $100,000 into a deal and it loses 20%, you get that cut down to $80,000 meaning your next deal would have to gain 25 just to break even on the first deal's loss, 25% gain. And be mindful that the difference between a 20% gain and a 25% gain isn't 5%, it's 25% greater, meaning your next deal has to do 25% better than your projections on the first deal just to break even. Not to mention the time lost going backwards before you're able to go forward. Now, that's not to say never to invest in real estate. All investing strategies have risk. And if you invest in real estate long enough, you will have a deal that loses money. But going into a deal, your first thought should be capital preservation and asking yourself, what is the downside risk to a deal like this? That's one of the really strong selling points of syndications is your downside risk is limited to your initial capital contribution. Passive investors don't sign on the loan, don't put up risk capital, which means paying for things like inspections and bank fees that cost tens of thousands of dollars. So when looking at a deal, your first thought should be, what is the total downside risk for you as an investor because it will take longer to recover from loss than a will to just hit singles on your deals. Now the second principle is returns are a factor of risk. These two are directly correlated and as you see projected returns increasing, your risk in that deal is increasing as well. Turnkey investors who buy something 100% ready to go and already leased out will take significantly lower returns than somebody buying a fixer upper and they should. The fixer-upper or house flipping investor should get more upside because the risk is so much greater. Whenever you're taking on a renovation project, you never truly know what you'll uncover until you get in and start doing the work. Now You can do inspections and have lots of experience on your team, but once the floors start coming up and drywall starts coming out, you can never be 100% certain in what you find. Now, this actually happened to us on one of our very first commercial deals, 40-unit apartment complex, and we have 30-plus years of construction, construction management, ground-up development, contracting, everything that you could do on our team. And as we started pulling up floors, we actually found a big sinkhole in the property. Now, that sounds a lot scarier than it was, but it still costs us about an extra $40,000 than what we budgeted. Now, luckily, we had some contingency budgets, so we were able to absorb that, but it just goes to show you that no matter what your experience is, you always incur the risk of the unknown going into these heavier projects. Now, that deal also about tripled our money in about three years, so it ended up being worth it, but there was a great risk for that reward. So the investor who wants higher returns needs to be comfortable with taking on more risk. And this will also help you analyze deals more quickly. With a deal that has a 15% IRR, that should be inherently less risky than one with a 35% projection. If you want to replace your income with passive income, then head to the show notes and download our free Retire Within 10 bundle. And this includes tons of resources that will help you strategize replacing your income with passive income. This is by far the most valuable download I've seen in our industry, and it's something we are super proud of. Head to the show notes and download that now. Now, the third principle that we'll cover today is that unlike returns and risk, cash flow and equity gain are negatively correlated, meaning as one goes up, the other will typically go down. It's why people who like to invest for cash flow can rarely find deals that fit their criteria in California, New York, or now the Phoenix and the Dallas areas of the world. These places see much higher equity gain, so investors are willing to take less and less cash flow until cash flow even becomes negative month over month because the potential for equity gain is much greater. I typically tell investors that cash flow is more playing defense with your investment and playing for equity is offense. If you're looking to grow what you have, look for more equity. If you're looking to preserve what you have, look for more cash flow. You can also balance these two however you'd like, and even in our deals we look for a balance of equity and cash flow, but we also know if we leaned 100% on equity gains, we'd likely make more money and have much higher return projections, but just like Principle 2 says, we're going to be taking on more risk by doing so. Now, that's not to say that high cash flow properties present no risk either. If a property is higher cash flow, that typically means it's going to be a bit further out from major cities or further out from the most desirable areas in that city. You'll find the highest cash flow deals in tertiary markets, which are these smaller towns, or in higher crime areas. Now, the trade-off in risk is usually those areas are not seeing big growth, and they may lack strong property managers or contract labor who are willing to go and work those properties. Then when you go to sell the property, your pool of buyers will also be smaller. So again, although you have enjoyed higher cash flow while you owned it, it comes with its own unique set of risk and less upside on your sale. Now, these three principles can help you break down the entire industry of real estate investing in either commercial or residential. The first thing you want to do is analyze your downside risk in the deal and prioritize capital preservation because it takes longer to recover from loss than it does to just stack up small gains. The second, high projected returns are a factor of risk. And third, cash flow and equity gains are negatively correlated. Well, that's it for today's show. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And if you're looking to learn more about passive real estate investments, make sure you head to our show notes and download our free ebook, The Definitive Guide to Passive Real Estate Strategies, where we reveal the ins and outs of the truly passive ways to invest in real estate. We'll see you on the next episode.